0: And thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. RL Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. wasting time get your Bibles please go to Revelation chapter 2 this morning we're getting ready to send some more information overseas I wrote a little thesis uh, this week on uh, two laws contained within grace that should get your attention all you hyper grace people amen and uh, we're also sending some Other things over there, uh, Bible course to Zambia, and uh, things are rolling pretty good. One problem I have in Africa right now, the false prophets are using water and milk to get people healed. And I said, no, that's not in the Bible. You can't do that. Now, the anointing of oil is in the Bible. One time. In Mark chapter 16, the laying on of hands is no mention of oil. So let's get it right, everybody. Amen. No milk. Do not throw milk on me because it will not work. If you're going to throw anything, throw a $20 bill at me, all right? I'll catch that. See, we have to deal with this stupidity and foolishness that's coming into the church. And it's not just in Africa. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 2 and verse 12. And I want to be nice today. And really, I am nice. I only got a few scriptures. Usually I have 10 or 12 to go through, but only a few this morning. Before I read verse 12, we thank God for the Bible. Amen. I read a statement this week. Satan is most effective... Not when he fights the church, but when he joins the church. Yeah, you write that down. Amen. Oh, that devil. No, he has the mentality, if you can't lick him, join him. See? Now, to the angel of the church of Pergamus, write, These things saith he which has a sharp sword out of it and a two-edged sword. Now that's Jesus. He said, uh, I know your works, where you dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. That's a terrible thing, everybody. The devil set up headquarters in the church. Right. Yes. And thou host fast my name. Well, there's a few people in, that, in this church problem that we're okay with God that's the way it is in every church congregation you have not denied my faith even in those days when Antipas my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwells have you got that church congregation worship service killing somebody and then Jesus said Satan is dwelling in this church The word dwell means to reside, make a house. I say live there. Here we got the devil living in the midst of this church. Setting up headquarters in this church. Do you have the picture, everybody? Then the Bible goes on to say, "But I have a few things against you, because you has there that them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast Salamis stone before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. That's spiritual fornication, primarily idolatry. Thou hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. That doctrine." Controls and manipulates manipulates people, if I can speak this morning. Controls and manipulates people for money. Does that sound like the modern day church today? You watch all those turkeys on TV and they start off good. They fall by the wayside before it's over. But the end is a repeal for your money. From my viewpoint, if the Lord tells this church to start a, a TV ministry, this church will foot the bill. Amen. I'm not going to get on there, oh, we're going down. If you don't send some money in, we're going to go down. Shut up. That's not faith. What's not of faith is what? Sin. Whom God calls, he equips everybody. i just had enough of this. So-called Christianity. Now, I am being nice this morning. Jesus said he hated this stuff. you walk into most conventions in the United States of America, and they're selling trinkets and gadgets in the back for what? Money. So you have your reward. When you buy a trinket and a gadget, that's your reward. Is that what you want? That did isn't so unto the Spirit. Well, go ahead and get upset. Verse 16 says, repent. Everybody say repent. repent. Now, folks, that goes for us too. Or else I will come quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. I want to tell you something. You don't want the king of kings and lord of lords fighting against you because you won't win you'll wind up being crispy critters. When I begin to think about some of the schemes and gimmicks of modern-day religion, it's a catch. Brother Monty and I thought about one time we come back from Africa, we're going to bring some African soil, some dirt, and start selling it at the door, and that'll give you earth-shaking faith. It's almost as bad as this holy water. Drink it and you'll be healed. Nonsense. Throw milk in your face, you'll be healed. No. It's witchcraft. Gimmicks are used to gain popularity, to draw the crowds. The end result? Money. Am I telling that right? Well, then say amen if you agree with me. Then we got, oh, you got to get those generational curses broken off of your family. Get them broken off of your kids. You got to go to Larry Huck's mess and get them generational curses broken off of your life. Child of God, there's no such thing as a generational curse for you. It's a lie. You need to look at Exodus chapter 20 and verse 5. I know we got these charismatics on TV that look good, sound good, but they're not right. Amen. I said there is no such thing as a generational curse for a Christian. The curses from previous generations were broken at Calvary, the devil cannot cross the bloodline. Exodus twenty, verse five. Exodus twenty, verse five. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God. I am the jealous God, visiting the iniquity and fathers upon the children, the third and fourth generation. They stop there, but the Bible goes on to say, "To them that hate me, do you hate God? How many loves the Lord?" If you're not saved get saved so you can't love the Lord. He loves you anyway, might as well give in. See, we believers, we don't hate God. That's talking to the heathen, the ungodly, those that are not saved. Their children and children and children and children will suffer the generational curse because they haven't broken it by faith in Calvary's cross. It's up to the parents. Amen. I said it's up to the parents to get right with God and stop those generational curses from coming down to your kids and your grandkids and, your, and their, their kids. It's up to you. So I reject it. But it is a gimmick. It's a good gimmick. Motivates people by fear. Oh, that devil's going to kill you. You don't get that generational curse broken off. It's a lie. Christians... Must have demons cast out of them. That's another good one. I'm going to preach this morning whether you like it or you don't. Chris, oh, them Christians has got a devil. Yeah, we've got to get it cast out of them. There is no such thing anywhere in the New Testament where a believer is filled with a devil. That's I'm not saying Satan can't attack our bodies and our minds and torment our souls. But he cannot. An unclean spirit cannot live in your human spirit if the Holy Spirit lives in there. Not possible. So I reject that. Don't you? Better wise up, people. Because these gimmicks snare many. Oh, once they get their emotions moved and a supposed demon cast out of them through the laying out of hands of some false prophet, then, oh, well, you know, we've got to cut some money here now. No different than the Catholic. It's coming to the Pentecostal church. Not in the Bible. Then we got I mentioned a while ago, miracle water. How many have ever seen that false prophet pop off on TV? Anybody? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet people fall for this stuff. Drink miracle water and you'll get healed. Is that in the Bible anywhere? If it isn't found in the scripture, then it is not right. Jesus hates this stuff. I tell you what, it's going to be an awful judgment. Now, then we got another good one here. That statue is crying. And when that statue sheds a tear, then you can go there and be healed. Can I have a scripture in the New Testament where a statue sheds a tear and you can go there and be healed? You better reject it, people, because it's idolatry, witchcraft. And it leads to demonism. Lose your soul. Then we get the church. The church must do something. So we come up with gimmicks. Rather than returning to the Bible, we come up with a gimmick. Like uh, all sorts of activities. Now look, you've got school activities, family activities. You don't need a bunch of activities in the church that's supposed to be a spiritual entity to start with. Now, every now and then we have a little shindig, but you know, you can't major on something every night to hold people in church. That's witchcraft. That's right. It's manipulation control. It isn't right. Yeah. You're free to do what you want to do, but consider the consequences. So many people get burned out of church because they have something to do every single night. I'm thinking of a church now in Yoshua, I know very well and that's their way. Somebody walks through that door, doesn't matter if their life straightened up or not, put them doing something in the church to hold them. No. Know them that labor among you. Amen. Amen. And so we come up with these activities, they're set in motion to keep people involved in church activities. And there's a cutoff here. So the secret sensitive movement come into focus. Now we're going to give people what they want. Walmart, that, that, that's a trick of Walmart. They, they take the general population in McDonald County and find out the general age, average age, and what is needed, what they buy, what they sell. Uh, it didn't work in McDonald County, though, because Walmart didn't last here but they don't go anywhere to where that they don't they first understand what people want then they cater to that I heard about a guy leaving a TV ministry to go to Nashville to start a church people there is enough churches in Nashville if they're really called go to the tundra and start one Go to Kathmandu in the mountains and start one where there are no Christian churches. Let's see if you're called. Is that too rough? I guess I'm church sick. I'm religious sick. I don't like it. It isn't from God. Jesus came to save those that were lost. And we cater to the whims and the flesh of the people. God help them. I'm not going to do it. I don't care how small the crowd gets. I'm preaching nice this morning, everybody. <clears throat> well. Then we come up with another gimmick that's church sponsored. All right. God approves of that. Okay. Yeah. Ball teams. Now I'm going to really make some people mad. Church-sponsored ball teams. None I'm not saying strong to play softball. Barry used to do it all the time until he got to where he couldn't catch it. <laughs> couldn't run fast enough. We used to go have a ball game with the Living Word and this and that when we had enough folks that could play. You know, but... I'm not against that but but when we begin to major on this stuff right. see where's god right. and then we get skating parties you know and then we get uh, hay rides I'm not against hay rides no but when you got teenagers making out on the hay rides I'm against it oh, yeah. then we got what they call joy buses now that's a new one on me joy buses and they put a $20 bill underneath one of those chairs in there and whoever gets that chair gets the money. It's a gimmick to draw them into the bus then haul them to a bunch of nonsense. Folks, I'm just not falling for it. Suey. And now we've got the Africans I'm having to deal with this. Throwing milk on people to get them healed. And I said, No, it's not in the Bible. You can't do that. I'll kick them out. I don't care. They agreed to follow a certain set of rules, and milk is not in the program. <laughs> if you want some more soured milk, sit down here church. Amen. <laughs> He's a gutter for you. I asked you a question today I'm trying to get started to preaching I'm meddling right now okay <laughs> how many churches how many churches need buses and gymnasiums huh no well the one down the road has got a gym we need one really I don't think so we need a bus so we can bus them in Bust them in and do what? Give them pizza? Well, the parents stay home drunk? Kids grow up. When they get of, of age, they're gone. they leave the church anyway. So what ministry are you talking about? That's right. Just because we can do something right doesn't mean that we're supposed to be doing it. If God hadn't called you into it, do not do it. It's dead works. Do not offend anyone with tongues and such like in the Bible, in the church. No, no, we don't want anybody speaking in tongues. We don't want any power moving. We want to have the control. I know a lot of churches that will not allow speaking in tongues in the congregation is that Bible? no I'm not saying we're supposed to be in the flesh and just make something up no but those are real deal if those are fake those are real deal but you know people are offended if somebody speaks an unknown tongue and they leave the church hey we lose money well what they do? Now we're making it easy. Well, you know, if you can't pay your tithe, just put it on your credit card. Nonsense. Now you're going in debt for something that's your God. Paying interest on it? So we get the cell phone and put a little thingy here. and Just swipe your card through there, you know. Monty and I was thinking about one time starting a little bless me hut out here. Drive-through blessing. Praise God. Drive up there and throw in your tie, and we'd we bless you with a little holy water or something, and go on down the road. And don't even have a church service. Get all the money. That was his idea, not mine. <laughs> People like that. It's easy, but it isn't right. No. Now, what about this one? Do not mention sin. Purpose driven. Do not mention sin, Joel. He'll never mention it. I don't listen to those turkeys. Who are you listening to? It will affect you. Don't mention sin. And don't ever talk about hell. No, no. What Jesus talked about more than on hell that he did any other subject. He created it. Don't talk about repenting? No. God forbid, don't mention holiness? And don't talk about the coming judgment? No. No. Just replace the Holy Spirit with some flesh activity and we're all happy. That is where we are in the United States of America. But what did Revelation 3.16 say? And I remind us all, chapter 2 and chapter 3 of the book of Revelation concerns the church age that we live in. Because you look warm, neither cold or hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Now, you know, people cannot be regurgitated from the body if they're not in the body. Which lets me know not everybody's going to Fly away to sings, I'll fly away. Okay, more on a positive note now. Whatever we are attached to will eventually control us. Some of you, you cannot go one day without getting on Facebook. Well, where's your cell phone? It's in the truck and it's locked up. I get away from that silly thing. It's like a, a what do you call those things the girls used to drag around, a comfort blanket? It's like your comfort. you got to have that cell phone. Well, when we were kids, we didn't have no phones. <coughs> you had a flat tire, you had to walk to somebody's house and, and ring the telephone, ring, 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 or dial it. These conveniences are okay, but then a lot of people are killing themselves because the social media is bullying them. So, whatever we're attached to will control us eventually. Back to verse 13 in Revelation 2, please. We note now that the devil is part of the church. I tell you, I don't know how it got this way or that it was prophesied it would be this way. Verse 13 tells us that the devil is part of the church. He's the one leading the vote. But the good thing about this scripture, again, is that there are some in the church that didn't submit to the devil's control. Now we've got a split right in the church. Who are you going to follow, the devil or Jesus? That's the only two options you have. Persecution came from within the church. You know, I understand persecution coming from the ungodly. But when persecution comes from inside the church, I don't understand that. Except the devil's got in. You know, Warren, when they tell you you can't minister on marriage in the church, that's from the devil. It's in the Word of God. And if it's in the Word of God, New Testament, it is for today. We don't have a right to tear anything out. Now say amen to that. If it's too rough for you, well, just get used to it. I don't hang around that kind of stuff. Because it will affect you. Verse 14 of that, back to 2, 14. I said a while ago, I was talking about spiritual adultery. And spiritual adultery primarily involves forsaking the cross to other things, like money. Forsaking the cross. As I've preached the last few years, 10 years. When we forsake the cross of Calvary, the devil provides a substitute We put our faith in that, we've fallen from grace. Serious, very serious. Critical to your eternal welfare. That's spiritual adultery. Verse 15, again, to recap the Nicolaitans, which things I hate concern false doctrine, false teachings, false doctrine more specifically unscriptural church government unscriptural church government nowhere in the word of god does it say that the sheep vote on their under shepherd i tried to tell the one on the hill that he said well what am i supposed to do about it they voted on him he barely squeezed in one or two above the negatives I wouldn't stay anywhere where anybody didn't want me. Holy Spirit doesn't. That's right. Folks, unscriptural church government, Satan is the one in charge. There is one person in charge of the local congregation, and that is the pastor. Amen. You'd have to be crazy to want it because the pastor will answer to God for what is preached and what is allowed in the congregation. Amen. Amen. Is that too tough? That's the way it's coming down. That's the way it's going to be. It's a wonderful thing to be called into the ministry, but a terrible thing. I can't answer for what you do, but I can answer for what I teach and preach. And allow to go on inside the congregation. What you do out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. God knows that's between you and God. But I can discern a little bit. Amen. There's some things we tolerate to give you time to grow in grace. And some things i got to cut it off. Now we'll see if you receive, receive correction or not. Or whether you're a rebel or not. See? It's a two ways deal here. Everyone's being judged. Let's say something goes wrong in the church, God forbid. How does the people are innocent react to it? You're being judged. Are you throwing stones? I'm telling you, if somebody backslides and gets in the worst sin known to man, if they repent and come back to Christ, we accept them, open arms, like nothing ever happened. That's the covenant. All of us here cannot sin enough to avoid the blood of the Lamb. (laughs) Not that we want to, no. But sometimes we get into it. I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying there's one way out. Only one. I don't care, people. If we've got to ride this altar every Sunday morning to get into heaven, bless the Lord, we better do it. (laughs) Amen. It isn't worth it. So verse 16 then, he said, repent. Everybody say repent. That means change your mind, change what you're doing. The Holy Spirit will help you. Just confess. Lord, I'm wrong. Help me. He says repent, and that means come back to the cross. They strayed from the cross, and that's the reason the devil was beating up on everybody, is because the cross wasn't the center center focal point of the messages. Amen. And if we don't get back to the cross, then God will bring judgment. Now, Titus chapter one and verse one. You're not too mad, are you? Paul, a servant of God and the apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. In hope of eternal life, which God has that cannot lie promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this cause. Everybody say, for this cause. All right. I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. Yes. There is nothing about church voting here. Right. Come on, somebody. Yep. Under the mantle of the apostle, Titus operated and went. And appointed elders, ordained elders, pastors, whatever, and set things in order. That's the way God operates. The only way God operates. And I want to tell the domination something right now. If they don't have a real apostle, they're out of God's will. Titus was operated under the authority of the Apostle Paul. Amen. That was the authority and his apostolic ministry came from Jesus one-on-one. Don't mention anything else. That's the church government. We've got to get back to everybody. Where in the world can babies in the in the in Christ, vote on their leader when they they haven't grown out of the diaper stage. They don't know what they need. Hey Amen. Some of you, I give you a bottle. Some of you, I take it away. Hey Amen. I can hear those bottles being thrown to the ground right now. Yep. X three X six three. Well, I don't like this kind of preaching. Well, it's true, isn't it? Isn't it true? Yes. Where is there are lie to what I'm saying. So this is the instructions for the first church in the book of Acts. Brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report. That means they're thieves and, you know, crooks full of Holy Ghost and wisdom who we may appoint over this business. You want to talk about church government? This is the way that it works. Does anybody here understand what I'm saying? Because when I'm gone somebody's got to take over this work. And somebody's got to have the mantle that I carry. Because I won't need it anymore. This is what the Africans pull from. This is what they want. Because they've never had it. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. I know what I'm talking about. They're pulling on the mantle of the anointing of the office that a person operates in and that's me. I'm not boasting myself. I'm nothing. But I am boasting in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one by the Holy Spirit that doeth the work. The Africans understand that. Why don't you understand it? I think some of you do. And I thank you for your gifts and offerings and donations and things like that to help. And it's a tremendous help. But if God doesn't use you, He'll find somebody else. His work will succeed. Amen. Hallelujah. So they appointed. <laughs> Amen. If they hadn't appointed, there would have been no authority handed down. How was it handed down? The apostles were the ones that governed the church and set things in order. Amen. Amen. We have an invite right now to go back to Kenya or Uganda and Kenya both in December and I'm wrestling with it. And I've asked myself for 15 years, what are these people wanting? I, I don't have anything to give them. I mean, they can preach. My only I, I, my only conclusion is that there must be some type of mantle that I carry around. I'm not even aware of it most of the time. And if you're jealous, you're not right God to start with. Hey Amen. Take it. Elijah only had one he mentored, Elisha. And he's the one that got the double portion. Where was everybody else? Well, they wouldn't pay the price and follow the old man for three years. Amen. Moses only had one, Joshua. Where was everybody else? Oh, they're down there having a party. So who's going to pay the price? Because somebody one of these days is going to take the baton from me. Well, Seth, no, Seth's not a mama and daddy called individual. If God calls him, he'll take it over, and if he doesn't, somebody else will. Zach. (laughs) Maybe we're the last generation, and I don't even have to be concerned about it. Maybe Jesus is really going to come in our day, and this is the last of the Mohegans right here. It's a wonderful thing to be called of God, but a terrible responsibility. How many pastors have we got now in Africa? Tell me, 200 and... Uh, uh, yes, 287. 287 acres. <laughs> See, his hair is gray. How many kids in the Uganda, over 600 orphans that we support? I'll just send them another 500. Amen. And these pastors come down to Will and I there and, and, and talk with us. You remember. Will you come? we will got churches together. We'll get them together and have this convention and meetings and teach pastors and revival at night. And how can I say no? Yet I've just now recuperated from the last trip. Will, he made it flying colors. Only coughed a little bit, right? Besides that, over in Uganda is where Will got, where Billy got, you know, malaria, and that is a bad deal. The wrong mosquito bit him. I mean, those those mosquitoes are big enough to bite right through your suit. (laughs) The stinger's about yay long, you know, wham. You know, we're not supposed to tempt God, but at the same time, what do we do? And then John and I'm rattling, I'm sorry. John are there, because it's on me. They're in Kisumu. How many pastors well, were ordained just when we were there that one time? 17 or 18. 17 or 18. All had churches. Then how many before that, Billy, that was with John? Uh, 30. So let's say there's about 50 pastors there and most all of them have churches and works, and they want to come together for this. Why me? And I tell the Lord, Tony, it's 90 degrees over there, 95 degrees in December, and Whitey can't take it. I've got to go when it's cold, like, you know, 80. <clears throat> I don't know. you just have to pray for me, and I'll do the right thing. I don't like leaving the church here, but yet, what am I supposed to do? Yet, fourteen times, and God has provided every single time for me. He speaks to somebody, not even in this church. Here, we we owe tithe to God. Knock on the door, money comes. No, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I'm getting older. We had to go through the border there, and uh, this hand me a little paper, it looked kind of like this, and you got to fill it out, you know. And I could, it wasn't printed; it was real faint, right? Will, real, real faint, and I couldn't see it. But Will was there to fill it out for me. <laughs> I mean, it was a blur, man. What size eight font, six, and just. You know, so thank God that people go and help, help me. Do a little teaching and it's a wonderful thing. Every time I've went there's been always somebody go with me. Why is that? The truth has to be carried to these people. So I'm going to try and get out of it in December. I'm going to have a a letter of invitation sent to John Antonio in Kenya. He may come here the last week of December for a week. So we'll be coming to your house for fried chicken. Okay. We'll see. John has got into politics, but he's turned back to the word. Glory to God. I thought we were going to lose him there as a bishop for a while. But he turned back. (laughs) Why? Because the world has nothing to offer. It's all in the kingdom of God. But you see, if the devil can corrupt the way that God operates in the church, he can hinder the will of God in the church. The last scripture this morning is Psalms 119. I don't apologize for that little missionary Exhortation there. The last scripture, Psalms 19, 104. This should be the way we look at it. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Through thy word I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. You see that? I hate every false way. Do you hate every false way? I mean, hate it. Want nothing to do with it. We're out. That makes you a minority. Because the broad road leads to destruction, and that is the religious road that most people are on. I want to remind us now, Jesus said, Straight is a gate and narrow is a way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. Few. I was 24 years old before I was ever invited to church. 24. Well, I went to Sunday school at a time or two, and we made little cups and colored and stuff, you know, when I was a kid. I was 24. And I'd already come to the end of the way. Alcoholic. No reason to go on. The wife stuck with me, though. She did. But I got under conviction. Amen. <laughs> Amen. How many understands what I'm talking about? I got under conviction, and I was going down the road in the van, and I felt the Lord draw on me. See, I knew there was a God, and you do too. He was drawing me, but I felt bad because of all the sinning and stuff, you know, and uh, you know how it is. And I finally turned to my wife, driving down to see her parents. I said, huh? I am going to go to church Sunday. I'm going to. See, I came out of the nightclubs, people. You've got to understand that. That's the reason music is loud. That's the way I like it. I don't want no funeral music, Amen. And I came out. I said, "Trevor, I gotta go. I gotta go to church Sunday." She said, "What?" I said, "No. I made up my mind. I'm gonna go to church." Now you have got to understand. I was not a church goer. I wanted nothing to do with it. And then my wife says to me, "Well, you're under conviction." And I go, "What's that? Didn't I? what is that?" And then I found out at that time treby was a backslidden Pentecostal. Married a drunk musician, worthless. I'll just say it. worthless as tits on a boar Cut that out of the message, okay? Folks, that's worthless. Danny, you know all about it. <laughs> but yet God loves you, see. God loves you. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Come on, people. You're not so holy. You think worse than that. <laughs> you won't hear that in any church in McDonald County out there. <laughs> you won't even hear it at Crossroads. I hope not. <laughs> Amen. I come the end of the way, and so Sunday morning came. We made it to that little Baptist church. I sat on the back seat. Mm Mm-hmm. And they sang a song. And I said to my wife, you think we need to go to the altar? And she goes, I can't. And I said to God, what am I going to do now? Because, you know, I don't know what to do. I said to God, if they sing another verse, I'm going to ask the wife again. Guess what? They sang another verse. <laughs> altar call. Preacher said, somebody may want to come. <laughs> so they sang another altar call just as I am. Here they singing, you know. I asked Trevi, I said, We need to go. And then she broke down and started crying. And then we took the step in the long, lonely walk. But I can tell you, when I took the first step of faith, Holy Spirit came inside of me. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. Get down at the altar. I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. It's quiet, you know. I don't know anything. But the surrendering. That's what the Lord looks for. Preacher comes up. Oh, it'll be okay. That's all he said. Didn't even pray. When I got out of that church, man, I was glad to get out of there. <laughs> I was. Two weeks go by. I can't feel any different. I don't feel any change at all. Two weeks goes by. And I'm going down the road. I always like rock and roll, you know. And I, yeah. I started looking for some gospel music. In those days, you had to turn the dial. I finally found some gospel music. Started listening to that. And I think, what's wrong with me? I, I used to hate gospel music. What, what? And i the soon discovered I was changed. I'm all my drinking buddies quit coming around. I'd turned fanatic. And then, about several months later I was sitting watching Billy Graham the altar call came and God called me with a burning bush experience to preach the gospel I thought I was going to go up to heaven through the roof I'll tell you what it it was spooky I didn't know and after that down in the valley one year where's God? I don't know couldn't feel nothing but we were faithful. Every Sunday we were in church. Paid our tithe $78. $78. $7. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. $7.80. Because it was right. But Now look. <laughs> now look. Great church. Wonderful family. I haven't eaten nothing except God. Amen. What's the devil going to do for you? Kill you? Amen. I'd have been dead many, many times if it wasn't from the grace of God. Because apparently he knew I was going to get saved. Apparently. God knows if you are going to give in or not. Have you given in? You know, it takes a real man to walk down here and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. That's all he wants. That's all. He'll change you. He'll forgive you. But you can never go back the old way. Never. After I was saved, right after I was saved, I wanted to play guitar in this nightclub. Big. All the beer you can drink and a lot of money. On New Year's Eve, they call me up. Randy, would you come and play guitar? The, the, the lead men can't be here with us, and we've got a big deal going on, and we'll do this and that and all you can drink and you know all this money. I was tempted. Oh, man, was I tempted. And I said, man, I can't do it. What? Why not? I found Christ. Can't do it. You got religion? I don't know what I got. (laughs) But I'm telling you, I can't go back to the den of iniquity anymore. That's repentance, Mary. That's all God asks of you. Turn from your old ways. Come to Him. He'll make your way bright. He'll fix things that you've messed up in your life. Oh, it'll take some time, but you've got to start. Let's stand to our feet now. You've got to start, people. Enjoy today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zion Word Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at ZWMI.com. Once again, that's ZWMI.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zion Word Ministries International.